Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever this is podcast, we welcome you to the Genius Cast. Hopefully you're having a fantastic day. I am running solo like all Wednesdays with the Wednesday podcast. It is me. I am the genius. I am Jameson. Hopefully, like I said, I hope you're having a good day. Hopefully, you guys are getting ready for the upcoming Week 9 matchups. The season continues to roll along. We have Week 9 starting up tomorrow night. We have the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals kicking off Week 9. But today's podcast, we're going to talk about the my bold predictions, going to talk about the sleepers I had, going to talk about some stuff that we hit on, some stuff that we failed on. Yes, there are fails on my part. I was all in on Joe Mixon. He has not lived up to potential. Todd Gurley has not lived up to potential. But I think I've hit on more things than I've, than I've missed on. And that's what you're looking to do. You're not going to hit on 100% of your uh, predictions. You just want to make sure you hit on more than you uh, miss on. And I think that's what we've done here over at Fantasy Football Genius. So without further ado, let's jump right on into it. Let's talk about some of the bold predictions, kind of see where they they uh, ended up on. We're not going to talk about every team. We're going to take a handful of them and kind of see where we're at. Did we hit on them? Did we miss on them? First one up, let's talk about the Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I said there's a uh, possibility he could finish the year as one of the top two quarterbacks in that last year's draft class. A lot of people thought that was crazy because they were high on the Lamar Jacksons. He's having a good year. They were high on the Baker Mayfields. Not so good of a year. Yes, I was high on Mayfield as well. They were high on Josh Rosen maybe kind of getting, getting in there and kind of stepping in and uh, getting a new, uh, a, a new uh, way of life in Miami. Sam Darnold got a lot of traction, especially last year. Um, Josh Allen was a player that kind of, kind of busts overall for, uh, for the most part for fantasy-wise. He had decent fantasy numbers, but as a quarterback, he didn't look like he was going to last much in this league. He had good games, but he had a lot of bad games as well. We're seeing this year Josh Allen is a player that I think, by, by it's all said and done, he's going to have a solid, solid NFL career. I think he's a player that's going to end um, his career as the number one option in this draft class. I think of this quarterback class, Josh Allen is going to be head and shoulders above everybody else. Yes, Lamar Jackson's having a fantastic year this year, but the way he plays the game, I, don't, I just don't think he's going to be able to stay healthy for an entire NFL career. We've seen this kind of stuff happen in the past where you kind of get injured when you're that kind of quarterback. Josh Allen is mobile, but he's also uh, able to stay in the pocket and get the ball thrown. And again, the Buffalo Bills um, play in a spot where there's a lot of bad weather in Buffalo. Josh Allen is used to that bad weather. He's coming from Wyoming where the wind is horrible. They got a lot of bad weather games in Wyoming. Did fine in those. He, he wanted to make sure at the combine, he, he was hoping to be outside in the cold and the snow. They didn't let him do that. But he, b- being a quarterback that has that kind of mindset that the weather doesn't bother him, absolutely love that. This is why I think Josh Allen's going to end his career as the best option in that draft class over the Baker Mayfields, over the Sam Darnolds, over the Lamar Jacksons, whoever it is, Sam, uh, Josh Rosen, whatever it is, I think he's going to end the year, end his career as the top option at quarterback. We have the Dave Montgomery. I was very high on Dave Montgomery coming into the year. The Bears have not shown that they want to give him the ball. They finally have realized that. They kind of give him the ball a little more. So I think we still have a wait and tell on Montgomery. I was more on him in the third and the fourth round. Um, some people had him as a, as a first or second round pick. Not me. I, I thought he was much more of a third round pick, but I thought he was a solid third round pick. To start his NFL career, he was not that. But I think last week we finally realized that Montgomery is going to get more looks in this Bears offense. So I think he's much more of a, a wait and see because I think we're going to start to see more and more of him moving forward. <clears throat> A.J. Green. 
I do like A.J. Green as a wide receiver. I think he's a fantastic option. But the injury history that he's had kind of said he was going to be outside my top 10, top 15 wide receivers. Got a lot of slack for that because people saying, how could you have A.J. Green outside your top 10 or top 15 wide receivers? Name me 10 other wide receivers that are better than he is. I went through a list that actually I think was 18 people that I'd rather draft over A.J. Green this year. Um, but as a side note, I also thought that A.J. Green with this injury, I thought he was going to get moved. That did not happen. So I think that's kind of a, a, a bad thing for A.J. Green moving forward. But just because I wasn't high on him as a, as a draft pick doesn't mean you can't buy low on him now. I think there is a chance that he can still be a wide receiver one um, second half of the year if the, if the Bengals do decide that they want to kind of um, put him back on the field. They have nothing to play for, so are they going to want to do that? I do not know. My, my thought was that when I told everybody to, to buy him low was that he was going to maybe get picked up, be traded to another team, to a contender would have loved to see him in the New Orleans Saints offense would have loved to see him in Green Bay maybe even the New England Patriots that didn't happen I still think he does have upside even with the Bengals um, so if you if, if you do want to buy low and kind of stash him I definitely do think that Green is an, uh, a great option to do though but again going back to what we thought about at the beginning of the year there's no way I was going to use a top three pick on AJ Green just because of the injury pass and we saw that injury happen early early in the uh, preseason Michael Gallup, a player that I thought was uh, going to have a breakout year this year. I think uh, Michael Gallup kind of proved that uh, end of last season. We saw him get that connection with Dak Prescott. He continued on early in the year. He had, had a little hiccup with an injury, but he's been back, had some decent games, had one down game where I thought he was going to be a, a much better play against Philadelphia Eagles. Didn't do much in, against that, in that game. But I think Gallup is a player that kind of helps this offense uh, go from good to one of the better offenses in the league. Anytime you have Amari Cooper on the other side, you have Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, and you have Jason Witten at tight end, Michael Gallup's a nice combination to have it out there with that, the way you can spread, uh, stretch the field, um, the connection he has with Dak Prescott. And if there isn't anything that happens with Amari Mar- Cooper, and we know that Amari Cooper is, is injured now, um, he's been able to play on this injury for the most part and not miss a significant amount of time. But if there is anything that happens to Amari Cooper, I think Gallup's a player that can kind of really uh, jump into the, 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 the top talent ways. I, I think he has top 20 upside, top 25 upside, as it is right now, being the number two option there in the passing offense behind Cooper. But if he is uh, looked at to be the number one role in Dallas, I think he can even jump even further. Gallup has been a fantastic pickup if you were able to get him late in your drafts, which is where you likely were able to get him, um, and, and you're able to start him on a weekly basis because of that upside he has. Kenny Galladay, I thought the Lions were going to be able to use him uh, plenty and, and plenty and often this year. He's going to kind of take that next role. Last year we saw him kind of have that breakout year. I thought this was a year that we're going to see him kind of take over that range, kind of uh, become one of the stars in the league. And I think we're seeing that he's not as, as consistent as you'd like to see one of your stars. But some of the numbers he's putting up in this offense, we're seeing Galladay take that next uh, step into the leadership role, kind of take that next step into the um, elite talent role. And I think this time next year, we're going to be looking at one of the better wide receivers in football. And I think the second half of the year, we're going to really see the upside of Galladay moving forward with Matthew Stafford getting the ball. Devontae Adams, I thought he was going to be the, uh, end the season as the top wide receiver in football. I had him as, uh, I, there's a couple of leagues I took him with, I think, in the seventh pick. I should have went a different route because of the injuries, injuries but... Even the start of the year, Adams kind of started off sluggish, started off a little slow. So there's no way he's going to finish the year as the top wide receiver. But the injury does not help. I do think that once he does come back, he's going to be 100% healthy. He's going to be ready to roll. And if you're able to kind of stay in there and contend for a playoff spot, Adams could be a player that can kind of push you over the top once he gets back because that's going to be like making a big trade for a player once Adams comes comes back and he's 100% healthy. And it sounds like, from what, from what I'm hearing, that might, might come this week in Week 9. 
loved uh, Deshaun Watson coming into the year. I thought Watson was going to be a player that we were going to look at being the quarterback one. I thought the only player that could uh, possibly push him as that uh, number one option was going to be Andrew Luck. I was very high on Andrew Luck. Obviously, we found out early that he was going to be no longer there. Hopefully, you had your drafts um, after we heard about the, uh, the um, retirement of Andrew Luck. So obviously that took me off of Andrew Luck and put all my attention on Deshaun Watson. Watson had a fantastic uh, first half of the year, putting up f- crazy numbers in his offense. He has some elite talent to, to work with, uh, throwing the ball to. I think the, the sky's the limit for this kid on um, what he can do with his arm, with his, with his legs. We know they're going to have to throw the ball. We know they're going to have to score plenty of points with the defense they have there, especially with J.J. Watt out now for the year. The offense is going to have to continue to, to put up numbers and put up stats. And I think Watson's second half of the year may be even better than what he's done in the first half. The Jaguars. I was one of my highest players that I was going to want to own this year was Leonard Fournette. Started off a little sluggish, but I told everybody, don't panic. Relax. Fournette's getting the volume. He's going to be fine. He's going to be involved in the passing game. We saw that happening. The, the Broncos game pretty much um, set him forth to be one of the better running backs in football. I said with the upside, with the volume he's going to have, there's, it's not out of the question to see him at end of the year as the RB1. I still think there's a chance. I mean, the volume he's getting is remarkable. Absolutely phenomenal market uh, volume that he's getting in this offense. The way he's being used in the ground game, the way he's being used in the passing game. Um, much like, uh, pretty much kind of, kind, of, kind of like a version of Le'Veon Bell when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way they're using Fournette, and they continue to use Fournette, the volume he's using, the amount of snaps he's on the field. Absolutely love Fournette. Hopefully you listen to me and you got plenty of shares of Fournette. I have been all but one league this year, and I am absolutely loving it because I think he's in for a monster year continuing in Week 9 and beyond. I thought the, Bron- the, the Kansas City Chiefs offense was going to struggle. Um, I thought that we're going to see kind of a, a, a downgrade of Patrick Mahomes to an extent. I was wrong. This offense continues to kind of uh, kind of continue to roll, but it hasn't been your normal players. It hasn't been your Tyreek Hills. It hasn't been your Travis Kelseys. Damian Williams was a popular play. It hasn't been those kind. Of, it's, it's been the the uh, Sammy Watkins had a decent game. McCole Hardman had a decent game. Uh, uh, the uh, Demarcus Robinson had a decent game. We're seeing a decent game from all these different options. LaShawn McCoy got traded there and had a decent game. So I think the offense is kind of, for fantasy purposes, we're, we don't really know who's been the, the number one option there in the, each and a given week. Travis Kelsey hasn't really been that top tight end option. The injury to uh, uh, Tyreek Hill affected him. Now we're seeing um, Patrick Mahomes have his injury. Sounds like he's going to be back pretty soon. So obviously, he, um, once he gets back, maybe his offense continues to, starts to roll even more. And obviously, the Chiefs can, can roll at any time. But I think that for fantasy purposes, we haven't seen anybody actually kind of st- uh, step out of this offense. There's been a lot of pieces kind of b- being startable in fantasy. But, at, but as, as an absolute uh, smashing spot, no one is off, especially the top, ten, top names. Um, I'd, I'd rather have other options at tight end. I'd rather have other options in Tyreek Hill right now. But moving forward, does that mean that they're going to end that season that way? Absolutely not. I think the second half of the year, we can see these offenses, this offense kind of explode with the main players. But as of right now, I'd rather have other tight ends. I'd rather have other wide receivers than what the Chiefs have. But that doesn't mean that their offense isn't rolling. Todd Gurley, a player that I thought was going to be a, a, a question mark for a lot of players, but I think he, I thought he had top five upside. That obviously didn't happen. Um, 
because of the injury. The injury is a lot worse than I thought it was coming in the year. Obviously, I, I thought I knew the injury was there, but I thought the injury was kind of being blown out of proportion a little bit. And so I thought he had top five upside where you can get him in the uh, top half of the first, that's the second half, or maybe even uh, using a late first round flyer on him. That absolutely bombed. I do not like that I f- failed on that one. Another big fail that I had on my part was not because of the player he was. Dalvin Cook, I thought the injury history uh, was going to bite him again, which is why I was very high on Alexander Madison in a lot of leagues. But Dalvin Cook is proving that he is the uh, one of the best running backs in football. And as I always said, if he can stay healthy, he does have RB1, season-ending RB1 upside. But it's my my whole thing was injury history. And I, don't th- if, and I think if you did not um, pair him with Alexander Madison, I think you're doing it wrong. Even right now, if Madison is out there, I think you must make sure you have Madison if you're a Cook owner because that injury can happen anytime you want to make sure you're uh, handcuffing your studs and Cook is one of the studs and we know that he does have an injury history past so if you do if, if you do have Cook and you don't have Madison I would try to do so because if, if something does happen to, to Cook we know Madison can kind of step in and kind of do the same thing because we're seeing him do it as, as a backup now um, with some decent games for the Vikings some nice runs for the Vikings so if something does happen to Cook Madison is going to step in and fill the role uh, very nicely Patriots, uh, Nikhil Harry, a player that I thought was going to lead the, the, the team in receptions and receiving altogether. That obviously was a big-time big, big time fail on my part. Um, got put on the IR. But I think if, if you're looking at this year right now, if you have a spot to spare on your roster, um, with him likely coming off the IR soon here um, next couple of weeks, I definitely think Harry is a player that you want to stash in your roster because I think he does have a tremendous upside in the second half of the year. The Patriots didn't take him in the first round for nothing. I think he does have a tremendous upside. And if you have the spot to spare on your roster, I definitely think Harry is worth the stash. I said that Drew, uh, Drew Brees was not needed in, in New Orleans to kind of uh, throw the ball all over the field. I thought this team was one of the most balanced teams in the league. We saw just how balanced this team is when Drew Brees went down with injury. The defense stepped up. Teddy Bridgewater stepped up. The ground game stepped up. Michael Thomas continued to, to roll out. The other receivers started to step up. Um, Tyson Hill stepped up. Um, uh, we, we saw a lot of people step up as often. This, this is why I didn't think Drew Brees was going to be needed to kind of throw the ball all over the field, and I thought he could kind of finish outside the top 10. That's likely going to happen, but again, it is Drew Brees. He can still finish inside the top 10, but I think with the Saints, they don't have to do a whole lot in the passing game because of their defense, because of their ground game. They can kind of do a, a lot of things. That doesn't mean Brees isn't going to have a monster game here and there like he did last week. But I definitely think that Breeze is one of the quarterbacks in the league that really doesn't have to kind of throw it all over the field to have success because his other teammates are going to help him as well. So having the, the, the depth, the other positions for the Saints, and all of a sudden you back it up with a Hall of Fame-type quarterback like Breeze, you've got to love the Saints' uh, chances to reach the big game this year in February. Le'Veon Bell, I thought it was going to be a down year this year. I thought uh, this is going to be a year that we're going to see a lot of people reach for him in, in drafts, and I think they have. Um, if you take if you take him taking him in the first or second round, I don't think you're getting the value back in return. But with that said, I think he's one of the buy lows that I want to kind of look at because I think you can get him for fairly cheap, especially if the owner of him is kind of panicking right now, especially if they need players to kind of step up. You can buy him for kind of low, and uh, just because I'm buying him for low doesn't mean he's going to have a uh, a great second half of the year. You're looking for players that are going to kind of put kind of put up decent numbers, and I think Bell can put up decent numbers. But I think the version of Bell that we've seen in the years past is well beyond us. 
Bell has proven I think he's going to be one of the busts when we look at it at the end of the year. Speaking of bust, Antonio Brown, I told everybody do not touch him before the third or even fourth round. Um, we're seeing why because of off-field issues, not even playing in the, in, in, in the league right now. Um, who knows what's going to happen with all this legal issues going on with Antonio Brown. But hopefully listen to me and you did not roster and draft Antonio Brown. Your head, you, had, you have less headaches if you were able to avoid Antonio Brown like myself. The Buccaneers, I thought the Buccaneers were going to be a, uh, an explosive passing offense. Well, we saw it in years past. A lot of people don't like to go with the Buccaneers because it's the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston. But I said Chris Godwin was going to be a player that's going to explode on the, on the scene this year. Everybody got on board, so it's kind of hard to kind of uh, call that a, a hit when everybody else was on it as well. But I was on it very early. I also think that there's two uh, wide receivers uh, on this team that you can consider weekly our, uh, wide receiver ones. Both Godwin and Mike Evans moving forward are wide receiver ones, which makes Jameis Winston a player that I was very high in coming into the year. Yes, he's had some down games, but he's also had some tremendous games as well. And the thing with Jameis Winston, because of what, what, what he's asked to do, what they need to do, yes, he's going to be a bonehead play and throw a couple picks, have a couple fumbles, whatever. Even if he throws two picks and has a fumble, he can still return great value because of the way he uh, gets yardage, gets garbage time yards, gets garbage time touchdowns. And remember, garbage time counts just the same as it does in the first quarter and the first half. The garbage time is just the same as it is there as well. If we talk about a couple players that I think we hit on, we talked a lot about Leonard Fournette. He was a player that I think that I told everybody that you need to make sure you draft. Fournette is a player that I want to have plenty of exposure, if not 100% exposure to. Absolutely showing that he is the, the real deal in that offense. Um, we talked about earlier Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. I didn't want to have any, any shares of either one of them this year. I don't have any shares of either one of them, and it's proving great. Same thing with A.J. Green. I did not draft uh, very many A.J. Green lineups. When I did take A.J. Green, it was in, uh, beyond the eighth round for the chance that he possibly comes back. I did trade for him in a couple leagues because I thought, like I said, I thought he was going to get um, shipped into another team. You put him on the New Orleans Saints, he becomes a phenomenal play. I still think he does have upside in this offense, but as the end of the season goes, I think if you took him before the first, th- uh, before the third round, you're obviously not getting value back. Um, it, but hopefully, uh, you had your draft after the injury happened, and you were able to. If, if you took him, you're taking him in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, like I did in my leagues there. Michael Gallup, uh, one of the uh, breakouts that we we are talking, we are talking plenty about Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, Cortland Sutton, um, Kenny Galladay, players that I was very high on for, as a sleeper kind of potentials this year um, with the being able to take that next leap. Sutton and Gallup kind of taking that next leap themselves, and Galladay being able to take that next leap to, to kind of the the uh, all star status. All three of those players have been able to do that this year um, in fantasy. Um, if, if if we look at a couple other sleepers that I had on my on my mind this year, Baker Mayfield. I think I I, I bombed on the Baker Mayfield uh, being a sleeper. He kind of uh, has not put together that 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 year that he thought he was. Uh, very high on Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray has kind of re- returned that value that we thought he was going to have. He hasn't had those those monster games yet, but I think we've seen those decent games. He does have a tough schedule moving forward. So if you were able to get decent numbers from Kyler Murray and you're not in the keeper league, I would possibly see if you can maybe uh, sell high on Kyler Murray because he does have a tough schedule moving forward. Tyler Lockett, I was very high on Tyler Lockett coming in this year. Everybody's wondering about him being a, the wide receiver one there um, in that offense. We're seeing that he is fine that, in that option. Tyler Lockett is proving to be great value from where you draft them in season-long leagues. So that's our issue of uh, what we hit on, what we did hit on. 
as I talked about, I think we hit more on what, uh, I, I think we hit on more than we missed on a lot. Yes, we did on, miss on a couple of big, huge, huge ones. Uh, Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, I, I whiffed on those ones, but I think we hit on a bunch of, of big ones as well. Leonard Fournette, uh, we hit on uh, the, the avoiding the Le'Veon Bell, avoiding the Antonio Brown. Um, we hit on the Chris Godwin. Uh, we're hitting on Mike Evans. Uh, Jameis Winston's kind of doing, uh, he, he's not hurting you uh, um, most weeks. Yes, he has a couple games where he hurt you, but for the most part, Jameis Winston's been able to kind of lead teams to victories as well because of the numbers he puts up. So we've hit on a lot more than we've uh, than we've than we've missed out on, and I hope that continues to go moving forward. If you've not checked us out on the website, we have www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. We have season-long and DFS packages available, both weekly and full-season packages available. We have our mastermind chat. Whether you have a, tr- a trading question, whether you have a lineup question, whether you have a any kind of question that's fantasy football related, within 24 hours I'll get back to you. We'll discuss it, go back and forth. Those that have already signed up for it, I think we're having some great discussions, kind of helping them become better players as well. That's what our job is. We want to make sure to make you a better DFS and season-long owner. So definitely check that out monthly, weekly, and full season packages available for our uh, mastermind chat over there on the website. On Instagram, we are at fantasyfootball underscore genius underscore. And on Twitter, at fantasy, fantasy sports genius. Give us a look. Follow us on whatever uh, social media platforms you're on, and let's help that we can make you a better player and continue to dominate those leagues. Have a great day, and be on the lookout tomorrow for the uh, Thursday night game. On my Instagram, I'll talk about players we have, and I'll also have our article up, Thursday Throwdown, where I talk about the game itself and talk about players I'm looking at in that one-game slate. That and much more. Have a great day, and dominate those leagues.